Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode nine of Apotheosis of a Bombast. With me, as always, is Elton, and I'm Scott. Howdy doody. How are you? Doing good, and we're happy to be touching base with you guys again. Appreciate all the feedback on the lost episode and all the other early episodes, and we're glad to have the listener base keep growing. There was a question in, in there, uh, the feedback this time, wasn't there? Um, from Yultact. Uh, he says, hey guys, really enjoying the show. Uh, do you think if Mark Hamill hadn't had his accident in the opener for Empire, would the would have been... That's totally wrong. That's It's not me. It's him. <laughs> I pity the fool. I know what he's talking about, though. When we were talking about how the opening scenes for the Star Wars movies, and we were talking about how they often open with a shot of a giant spaceship. Oh, that's right, yeah. yeah. I guess Mark Hamill must have had some sort of accident off-screen that somehow affected the sequence of the filming. Well, that has to do with these uh, scarring on his face, isn't it? Now, as far as I'm aware, there's two stories for this. Um, one, he had a car accident and had to have plastic surgery on his face. And two is uh, he just had plastic surgery on his face and it was a, a quite a shoddy appearance. So I, I didn't actually realise they changed the opening uh, scenes, obviously, on one of the moons of half the system to incorporate the scar in. I didn't realise that. So you think maybe that's why they had the attack at the beginning where he's knocked down and so that he looks injured? Yeah, that's, that's where he sees Ben, isn't it? In yeah. the snow. Yep. I didn't realise they d- did that because of his accident. Cause I suppose he was covered up for most of the intro, or part of his intro anyway. So There was a programme uh, over here where they... I think they tried to bring back Star Wars or... The, the cast of Star Wars, and Carrie Fisher, who's had tons of work done on her, she actually turned around and said, no, it wasn't a car accident. It was uh, just straightforward plastic surgery. Hmm. And in 1980-ish, somewhere along the lines, obviously it's progressed since then, hasn't it? Yeah. To answer the question, I don't think it would have made that much of a difference because it's still pre-production, post-production... I mean, they didn't affect the filming of the movie in any way. Now, did it affect the storyline or the plot? Possibly, but I think if they still wanted to have an, a space scene at the beginning, they still could have, whether it would have been arriving at Hoth or chasing something to Hoth. It, it didn't have to begin the way it did simply because of the injury. Yeah. Also, in his uh, comment, he says about Christmas songs, British Christmas songs. He's mm-hmm. interested in them. Uh, he doesn't feel that any new Christmas songs have been made for a while, and only the classics actually get ma- uh, played at Christmas. Now, I'm assuming this goes back a couple of episodes. To the Simon Cowell and how he ruins Christmas for you each year. That's it, yeah. yeah. Now, there is a Christmas album. Have you ever seen the film Polar Express? Yes. Have you got the album to that? No, but my kids play some of the songs from it on piano. Yeah, that's a brilliant Christmas album. So if anyone wants it, just get the soundtrack to uh, Polar Express, and that's wicked. that give you, like, the, the Christmas tingle. I think that's a whole separate discussion, too, because there's Christmas songs and there's Christmas carols. You're not going to get new Christmas carols, I don't think. They're going to be Frosty the Snowman, Deck the Halls, those type of things. But you'll yeah. get either newly made for movies or brought back to the forefront because of a movie. Like in, in the movie Elf, there was the Baby It's Cold Outside. Yep. Will Farrell and Zoe Dashell each sang part of it. and I mean, that's a song that's kind of catchy, and, and you hear it in a restaurant or something and, and enjoy it. But after the movie came out, you actually heard it on the radio. Yeah, but uh, the, cri- uh, well, the the classic guy for making Christmas songs is Cliff Richard, and he made a, a couple of crackers. 
um, you know, not, not including the pun there. Uh, <laughs> trying to think of the name of it now. Mistletoe and Wine. Now that came out when I was at school, and that was wicked. When when that came out, that was brilliant. One of the best Christmases. Good Christmas uh, feel to it, but now you don't get anyone sitting in the studio making these sort of things. Yeah, which is kind of sad. There's a couple of kind of poppy Disney manufactured um, Miley Cyrus, Hannah Montana kind of songs. I can remember this past Christmas flipping stations and catching what were new Christmas themed songs, but nothing that really stood out and grabbed you to that you're going to look for it on CD or be singing it to yourself next year without hearing yeah. it on the radio. But I don't know. We'll have to dig through and see, you know, maybe leading into next Christmas, what kind of things we can find and maybe release our offbeat <laughs> Christmas playlist. <laughs> yeah, cool. Put together one of those online radio channels like uh, on Last FM, or But that could be pretty cool. Yeah. Well, we, I appreciate the, the feedback there. We also got um, some less public feedback from the Dharma Dummies. Uh, they did check out our podcast, and they did... Hey, some nice praise. One of the biggest things was they said they wanted to borrow the idea of how did you get into Lost as one of the hiatus topics. So sadly, we're getting close to the end of the season here. We're about halfway through. So in just a matter of weeks, you know, a couple months maybe at most, we'll be finding ourselves in that nine-month Lost drought. Leading up to the finale of everything. And then what? Then it's on to a new TV series. I guess there better be something that generates some podcasting and passionate fandom. Yeah, you got Fringe at the moment. I haven't seen any of that yet. Oh, no, I lie. I've seen about ten minutes of one episode with, like, razor-sharp butterflies flying around. Yeah. But that's all I've seen of it. And I don't know whether to dip my toe in that or rustle up some old box sets. Because I hear The Wire's coming out on uh, BBC Two. Also thinking about getting into Rome. But I'm not too sure what to actually look forward to. The Fringe seems pretty good. It's got kind of that Monster of a Week feel. And, and I guess there's a whole connected backstory. There's Fringe comic books that are out. But it's on television so irregularly. Partly because here in the United States, American Idol bumps it certain nights. I mean, it hasn't been on TV in, in a while. And as far as podcasts go, they did an official Fringe podcast, the way they do the official Lost podcast. Yeah. They did one episode, the audio was awful, and they never came back. And then there's a couple people who do fan podcasts. There's Fringe Dwellers, there's uh, Wayne Henderson who does a Lost one, he does a Fringe one as well. They're good, and and there is kind of a, a cohesiveness to the episodes that you got to start to figure out. Mm-hmm. You know, is this guy really actually a, a bad guy, and we're starting to see bits and pieces and things like that. But I don't know if it's that it takes too much effort to follow multiple shows that way, or if it's just a matter of it's just not scripted that way. Yeah, well, I think Lost has lent itself to the podcasting culture, hasn't it? Yeah, it's got so many mythologies going through that uh, people like to pick up on it and let their minds run wild. Well, plus, I think res- the writers are responsive to it. So as the fans seize on something, the writers sometimes decide to blow that part of the story up. You know, yeah. It's not like they have it all mapped out entirely and are completely inflexible. I also think J.J. Abrams gets too much credit for having made the show the style it is. I mean, Mission Impossible was not lost. <laughs> no. It's, uh, you know, Fringe has got J.J. Abrams. It doesn't have... Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse and the ABC support team. I mean, it's there are some connections, but just because it's J.J. Abrams doesn't mean it's going to be the same style of, of storytelling. Well, he's an executive producer, isn't he? 
Yeah. And he directed the pilot. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, I would think, for all intents and purposes, he's probably moved on to Star Trek and other things a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, uh, Colton Cuse and... Is it Lindelof or Lindelof or... Anyway. Damon. (laughs) Yeah. That guy that writes it. Yeah. They they, they should get a hell of a lot more credit than... Because it is the JJ uh, link to Lost... And which is linking it straight to the Star Trek. Right, and I do think that the three of them are recognized as, as... I mean, they must be friends and have worked together on other things, I think, as well. Alias. Alias. But you can see that Damon and Carlton are the face of Lost. And Well, before we get into our episode and our, our kind of theme for the day, was there anything you wanted to share or anything you found? I'm booked up for camping this year. Now, you're not, probably sitting there going, oh, okay, fair enough, just camping. <laughs> it's not only camping, I'm going cheese rolling. She's rolling. <laughs> yeah. It's an extreme sport. Okay. You ever heard of it? No. Never heard of cheese rolling? I, not by name. Maybe it's got a different name here. Okay. Hang on a minute. I'm picturing it being like what I think they call it, zorbing, when you're in one of those hamster balls and they roll you down a hill. Um, Similar, but also not similar. <laughs> similar for the cheese. Basically, you get a load of people standing at the top of a hill in Gloucester. And then you roll a cheese down and chase it. Ah. And there's videos on uh, YouTube about cheese rolling. and Pretty cool. It's awesome. I've never been... I'm not going to do it myself. I just want to watch people break their legs and arms <laughs> and have limbs flailing around everywhere. But the family's all booked up for the camping. We're going to go there the day before. Then uh, stay the night, watch it, stay the night, and then shoot home. Oh, I want to come. <laughs> that looks like it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's once a year and... It, it just looks awesome. We'll have to put a link for that. And I'm sure some of the other guys who live out where you do might have seen or known about it, so I'm sure you'll get some feedback. Yeah. Now, there's some pretty gnarly injuries here. Obviously, the ambulance is always on standby, just in case someone breaks their neck, and no one wants anything like that to happen. Mm-hmm. But they're just absolutely mad. Me and Amanda actually spoke about it in a one of our, our fourth-person podcasts, and we came up with the idea of the finale... If you have dump trucks, obviously you spend all day chasing cheese down a hill. Yeah. And then, so all the competitors that have taken part in this cheese rolling, they should stand at the top of the hill and then roll down the hill themselves. <laughs> and then dump trucks should just dump loads of mini baby bells down the hill in one grand finale. <laughs> Be like a big wave of yeah. mini baby bells running down the hill. I'm looking, it says it's a, the hill is actually concave and it gets yeah. as steep as uh, one to one. Jeez. Yeah. Never used to be, obviously, that's where all the bodies hit the ground. Yeah. <laughs> with every fall, it gets a little steeper if someone takes <laughs> yeah. a bit of the mountain away with them. Don't land too hard. Oh, wow. No, that, that's fun. Like that, We went to go see what they call punk, pumpkin chucking, where they make the little catapults and they try to launch pumpkins as far as they can. That just sounds like a cheap version of cheese rolling. <laughs> uh, well, I don't think it's as cool as cheese rolling, but... This summer just gone... Um, we had a fight in the, the village, and they actually banned the welly toss uh, due to health and safety reasons. Jeez. They didn't want to uh, have people throwing Wellington boots around and trying to get the furthest. <laughs> and so we ended up uh, chucking tennis balls, I think. And even they were a bit iffy about that. It's yeah. just health and safety you got mad. It's all fun till someone gets hurt, they say. I know, but we can point and laugh at the person with the welly in his head. Until it's like your sister or daughter or... Oh, you make sure they're all right. <laughs> and then just... For you? No. <laughs> I'd, I'd end up 
standing up and throwing it back, I'll probably... Yeah. Then you end up on YouTube. It's not even put up by you, but someone else takes a picture of you, throws it up there. Yeah, look at this crazy man yeah. throwing back the welly that hit him. He was a monster, I tell you, a monster! <laughs> when is that? That's in midsummer, Early summer? It's the end of May. We have a bank holiday at the end of May, and it's actually happening on that Monday. Oh, well... I'll look forward to an update from that. Maybe you can do a... Uh, well, you probably don't have to do a video report because we can probably get it on YouTube or something. But Yeah. And <laughs> you can do the color commentary. Maybe it's your podcast as I fall down the hill. There you go. Right, here I go. <laughs> Take one of your kids. He will serve in the role of cheese. <laughs> There's rules to this cheese rolling as well. You have to roll the cheese and allow one second to pass before you actually chase the cheese. So I can't wait. It's going to be brilliant. Jeez. All right, that looks awesome. <laughs> oh, I wanted to thank you also. You sent uh, a couple things to me in the past week. You sent Alien vs. Predator comic books, yep. which I will definitely be digging into, and a little shocker game that you had talked about in your last fourth-person podcast, Yeah, which I pictured differently. For those of you who've, who heard it, the conversation Elton and I had had at one point were talking about Operation and how you touch the sides and it buzzes and... And so I had a picture in my head of something similar to that. This is actually more like the game Simon that we would have in the United States. Although it, I didn't play it long enough to get any sort of follow the pattern thing. It's it's actually, I guess, more like Russian roulette, where you're supposed to put your finger on it and it zips around and one at a time it eliminates a, a sensor. Yeah, I think there's two games on there. You've also you, you've got the Russian roulette game, where everyone holds a mm-hmm. corner, you press the middle button, and then... It's potluck, time, whoever gets yeah. zapped. And you've also got uh, quick reactions. So everyone holds a corner, and I think it counts down, and then the last one to let go gets zapped. Okay. Well, you had sent it, and so we're sitting at the dinner table, my kids are like, oh, what's in the box, what's in the box? I said, I'm, we'll open it after dinner. They finished before I did. Can we open it, can we open it? Yeah, go ahead and open it. So we open it up, and they're... My son's like, I got scissors, I'll, I'll set it up for you, Dad. I'll put the batteries in, I'll read the instructions. And I was like, alright, well, <laughs> Mom and I are still eating. Let me just take a look at it. And so I see, not a toy, not recommended for anyone under the age of 14. <laughs> and I'm remembering you saying that it it stung a little bit. Yeah. And so I was like, well, just having not yet felt it, not knowing quite what it is, just hold on, we'll, we'll play it later, I'll take a look at it. But the boy just couldn't wait. <laughs> so he's all set to do it. And I, I didn't want to scare him completely. And I just didn't know what it was going to be. So I was like, uh, just just wait. And then for some reason, I had I couldn't do it right away. But he just killing me. He's like, ah, can we play? Can we play? So he and his mom went to go play. So they're doing it. And I'm not hearing anything. And I'm waiting for some sort of ouch or shock or buzz or laughing. Yeah. Nothing. And then he comes over. And he's like, I know you're busy, Dad. But I, I think it's broken. I was like, what do you mean it's broken? Oh, I, I, let me see. So I come over. I'm checking what you got set at, and I'm holding it while I'm <laughs> looking. And I get a jolt. <laughs> and it wasn't even that, like, not that bad. I just wasn't expecting it at all. I don't know what he had it set at. But it was stronger than I expected. And I, like, yelled, and I threw the thing, like, up in the air. And no one in the family will go near it now. <laughs> I was like, oh, come on, guys. It's it's not that bad. No, no, no. I just wasn't expecting it. No, no, no. Is it still sitting where it landed? <laughs> I, no, it's it's on the desk now. But I was looking at it even today, and I was like, come on, why don't we just play it? And he's like, mm, 
you can tell he's like afraid of it. Yeah. It's like, ah, no, I'm sorry. I can imagine it landing in your front room and everyone gathering around with pencils oh. poking it. Is it still alive? <laughs> poking it with the rubbers on the pencils. I know I have to put my hand on it and just say, watch, it's not a big deal, and smile and let it zap and not feel anything. Yeah. But in my own head, I have just the memory of that unexpected, more than expected shock. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do it. So, I mean, we, I will, but I, it's one of those things that I know it's going to be like, just sit here, just try it. And then I'm thinking, I'm forcing him to be shocked. Yeah. You know, if he goes to school and says, my dad made me get electrocuted, he like tied me to this machine and it gave me shocks. They'll be coming and taking the kids away. My son wanted a go of it when I got it as well, and I reminded him the week before we played the operation game where we got electric shocks, and that upset him quite a lot, and it's exactly the same uh, sort of voltage, I think it's only 12 volts that goes through your fingers, but he was determined to have a go, so I put his fingers on one side, and I put my fingers on the other side, I did the roulette so if it could hit me, Mm -hmm. chances be it, and... It hit him, and he ah, he pulled his hand away, and he grabbed his fingers, and he looked at me with that, you've really hurt me, but it was fun, that sort of smile. Yeah. <laughs> and his face went red, and then a single tear run down his cheek. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, I'm sorry mate. And he's like, that's alright, don't worry, it wasn't your fault. Oh, sorry. So now we don't get it out. <laughs> oh, see now, that's how my son, my, my son's that same kind of way I think in that it turns into a year's worth of stories of remember that time we played that game and it was like like we're both victims of some awful conspiracy yeah. it said on the package mild shock but it wasn't mild at all and that was like, Do you remember when dad but, electrocuted us <laughs> I think your operation game must be different because all the one by us does is make noise you, you don't feel anything it vibrates but nothing actually goes through your system at all yeah now th- this was a an adult operation game you know the old operation game where the, the guy's uh, red nose yeah. lights up that that's the kids version we had the adult vo- version instead of the the guy's nose lighting up you get a packet <laughs> basically <laughs> through the actual tweezers ah. and it's, it's bloody horrible don't play them games they're horrible because <laughs> i sit there because i work with electricity all day, every day, and yeah. I make the weirdest noises when I get shocked. I if I get two forty volts, I will die. Yeah, I make weird noises, and people around me look at me, and go, "You're right." And then once they make sure I'm all right, then they just burst out into fits of laughter. So I'm still shaking, shaking my head, going, "No, I mustn't do that." <laughs> no, we'll revisit it, but it's sitting on the cell on the desk right now. <laughs> and it's funny because it, there's like a sense of ownership too. That like, yeah. <laughs> I hear him telling his friends, like, we have this game. We have this cool game. Like, we. What is this? We. You, you who won't go within 10 feet of it. It's in that room. That's right. <laughs> it's behind that door. We've only seen it once. Yeah. Well, it tells me that deep down he's interested in it and he'd like to do it. It's just, he's just not ready yet. So I'll, I'll have to wait, I guess. Yeah. I remember being curious about our stove when I was younger, though. I actually stuck my finger. Um, do you have gas stoves? Uh, yeah. Because where I've moved, we don't have gas stoves anymore, so my kids can't try this. But where I used to live in London, we used to have gas stoves, and you get the um, the lighter, don't you? Uh, yeah, you press spark. a button on, yeah, on the cooker, and it sends out a little blue shock. Mm-hmm. 
And I always wondered what that felt like. <laughs> and I stuck my hand in there, and it just made all my muscles go really tight and threw my arm out and, oh, don't touch that, ran out the kitchen screaming. So, kids, don't, don't touch the blue. And now you're working with electricity all the time. Yes. I won't give away my job. <laughs> just in case people come along and go, oh, so you do that. It's you. You're like electric shocks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to wait for him to be ready is not that big a deal because there's a lot of things that I have tucked around the house. I have some I've rushed, some I actually have kind of <laughs> like I know I'm not going to be able to give them. And some I think are going to even have to skip a generation. But you know, like comic books or... Um, so the Star Wars toys were a big deal. Yeah. And that, I actually got lucky there because there was the, the movies. So where I had these toys that were kind of an interest to me, he had something that generated the same interest. And it actually worked out kind of well because the action figures and stuff you could get for the new movie, they're so multi-jointed. You can't make them stand up. Where I have the one where <laughs> the shoulders and the hips are the only parts and the, and the neck are the only part of the figure that move. So they walk like the mummy or Frankenstein? Yeah, they've gone all G.I. Joe, haven't they? Yeah. That, but they haven't got the black elastic band in the middle. No, no. No, but they, the cheap stuff does. If you go to like a dollar store and get like a junky version, you get one that's got some sort of string kind of keeping things connected. Yeah. But at least for, for him, and at, at the time he was six, seven, I mean he had a toy that was relatively safe by comparison and simpler to use. So he has my uh, battle-damaged X-Wing from the um, from when Luke landed on Dagobah in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Did you put the transfers on that? Yeah. I wish I didn't, actually. <laughs> yeah, because my one came clean, and obviously I'll put the transfers on after, but yeah, I, I used to have that as well. And it still makes the noise. Does it? <laughs> yeah. And you press R2-D2 down, and the, the X-Wing yeah, wings fold out, out, don't yep. they? Yeah. Oh, sweet. Memories. I have the set where it's supposed to be when Darth Vader goes into the chamber and we saw him take his helmet off from behind. And it used to have a little yeah. hologram thing that would fold down that was him talking to the Emperor. Um, so I have that, but it's missing some pieces. And I actually had bought for him Boba Fett's ship with the frozen uh, Han Solo, just because yeah. that was in the new movies. So I wanted him to have something that at least, you know, he could be Jango Fett. And, Slave or, One. Yeah. I think, yeah. So he's got some of the no-name brand G.I. Joe uh, jet fighters and different things that are to the same scale. And so he's got these things fighting each other. And Honestly, the things from 20, 30 years ago are pretty hardy. <laughs> they, they hold yeah. up pretty well. But I wish I had yeah. taken better care of some of it. Because yeah. if I had known at the time, and, and not even in the sense of how you can sell that stuff on eBay and all, I, I wish I had kept it a little cleaner, maybe packed it better, or just not lost pieces. This week, honestly, this weekend, I got handed a bag of uh, my old Star Wars uh, toys because ah. my parents were having a clean out in the loft and they found some. And when I was a kid, I had tons and tons of it. I had the Atat, I had the Millennium Falcon, I had the X-Wing, mm-hmm. Snowspeeder. You know the the transporter that comes off of uh, Hoth? Yep. I had one of them and I used to keep all the men in there. We used to have uh, Jabba the Hutt. The Ewok Village. Mm-hmm. Lots, loads and loads of stuff that I wish I kept now. And it's not for the fact that it's worth lots of money. I wouldn't part with it, right. to be honest. But I was given this uh, bag, obviously. Little bits and bobs. There's a couple of guys in there. I've got two Darth Vaders with no cape and no lightsaber. Yeah, same as us. <laughs> yeah. My very first bit of Star Wars toys 
uh, was Luke Skywalker from uh, Tatooine, mm-hmm. and his head's all wobbly now, and he's really, really loose. So you know, I've got half a Tie Fighter sitting on my right in front of my computer right now. <laughs> it was uh, Darth Vader's Tie Fighter, the Interceptor. Um, yeah, but I, I was also given. Uh, did you ever get uh, Han Solo in the Carbonite? Um, like it's about the size of a of a calculator, or like it, it's a little flat thing. Yeah, I... yeah, yeah. The, the guy would just stand in it, and it was Han in yep. uh, the carbon freeze. Now, when I was a kid, I used to freeze that. Uh, I used to put water <laughs> in that and freeze it <laughs> and pretend that he was. Ooh, look, Han's frozen. Really? Woo! Uh, I've done it this weekend. <laughs> I shouldn't, and I know loads of people are going, no, what are you doing? It's worth money. Don't freeze it. I'm like, no, sorry, I don't care. And, you know, Jacob's enjoying it in the, <laughs> the freezer at the moment. So, But, yeah, it's, it's, we've got some good stuff, and but there's tons of it missing, absolutely tons of it. I've still got my Boba Fett, yeah. But did you keep anything specifically to give to your son or daughter? Well, he's going to get all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. He's obviously playing with it now anyway because it... It's a bit tatty, and my brother went mad with a red marker once, and Yoda's got a big red streak down his yeah. face, yeah. which is a bit of a shame, but it's not going to rub off after 15 years of being on there. Nope, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Um, stuff I'd pass down. See, I think my mum and dad have still got some G.I. Joe stuff as well. Yeah. Obviously, half the bodies are broken with that little black rubber band that snapped. Now, is it old, old G.I. Joe that's like the Barbie... F- doll size or the Star Wars figure size? No, it's Star Wars figure size, but obviously it was called Action Force over here. Right. But so it'll be relevant though for the new movie coming out. I hope so. Yeah, so that's well, good. That that kind of will help the passing on. It's hard when you have something, like Transformers, for, for my son, that was still like a good age and although I don't really have a lot of Transformer toys, I had enough random thing, comic books and things like that that I had saved that involved the characters. Yeah. I get him a lot of the old TV cartoons to watch, you know, so he sees the stories that I saw when I was younger. Yeah. They don't retain their uh, attention as much now, though, do they? No, it's it's a different style. And that, that's a shame, too, because there's so many good movies that I would think he would really like. And sometimes he, he toughs them out, but I can tell that he just needs that quick, fast action, James Bond, Star Wars, cut, 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 fight, fight, fight kind of thing. Yeah. And Well, the animation is dated as well, though, isn't it? I've got uh, Action Force in my loft, mm-hmm. the, the movie that came out. Oh, sorry, I'm going to say Action Force because it was Action Force to me. That's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we got that sitting in the loft, and I thought about it getting it out for him, but I don't think he'll really appreciate it because I know he's seen Transformers, the old stuff, on TV. And it was made by the same people, wasn't it? Because obviously they, they voiced yeah. the same people. It was a big crossover. Yeah. But So I don't think he'll sit with it, but one day I'll, I'll sit down and go, right, boy, sit down, you're watching this. <laughs> well, it's fun. If you get the right one, if you pick the, the right single episode to show, that can make all the difference. Where if, he, if the first episode scene is one where it's just slow or it focuses on the wrong characters, mm-hmm. then it's no good. But... I know for the G.I. Joe Action Force ones, there was at least one episode that featured Snake Eyes versus some other ninja character. So if it was like that kind of story, that could be one that really grabs them. Yeah, was that the um, 
quick hit. No, he was a goodie as well, wasn't he? Yeah, but and he didn't look ninja. He just looked like uh, Jackie Chan. Yeah, that's right. Uh, one thing my kids actually like a little bit are the Godzilla movies. The old Godzilla movies with the big rubber suits. and Yeah. <laughs> there was a channel here. They don't do it anymore, but they used to show... It's called Kaiju Big Battle. And it was not Godzilla and all, but the other kind of hokey rubber suit monsters fighting in a wrestling ring. <laughs> right. And so it would be G.I. Joe cartoons, and then on the break they would intermix this big battle stuff. And so I've been trying for a year and a half to find like a live event, and there's finally one coming up on the 5th of April. And I'm trying to decide whether I should bring my son, because it's about a two and a half hour ride to get there. It's a 9 o'clock show, so it's it's not like it's a Saturday afternoon and family-oriented kind of thing. It's Yeah, it's early doors. Yeah, there's a good chance that I'm going to go, and it's going to be the youngest one there, and drinking, smoking, that kind of stuff, but... I'm, I'm tempted to just tough it out, because I just think if he can block everything else out, I think he'll love it. So what do you get? Two guys walking up in uh, uh, um, Godzilla outfits. Oh, it's, it's, it's awesome. They have a whole cast of characters. Dr. Cube is this guy with a big cardboard box on his head. And then there's uh, Kung Fu Chicken Noodle is a guy in a giant uh, rubber <laughs> can of soup. I'll put a link up for, for the Kaiju gallery. I get a feeling this is scripted. Yeah, it's like pro wrestling. <laughs> but it's it's awesome. And and then they have a whole backstory to all the characters, and you can buy comic books and t-shirts with the things on them. But I mean, it's silly, but they have... Uh, it's exactly what you would like. They, they put these little fake buildings, probably about the size of your garbage can, your in-house garbage cans, inside a, a pro wrestling ring, and then just yeah. let the guys go at it. So you got this guy in a big banana suit fighting like the guy in a soup can, and as they fall, they're falling on top of buildings, and... Wicked. I, th- I think it's awesome. Be even better if, if Godzilla got whacked around the face and he turned around and went, you, you actually hit me! And ripped <laughs> off his head and it actually turned into a big, massive brawl. And there was like hand, uh, <laughs> chairs flying everywhere. No, yeah. stop the children! Think of the children! <laughs> I think technically Godzilla is what... I, I keep calling it kaiju. I, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. But it's uh, that's the genre of guys in rubber costumes fighting and Godzilla technically counts it's just there's movie quality kaiju and then there's <laughs> not and the, so the pro like, wrestling one is, is not a, yeah a bit like the uh, Power Ranger fights their ones yes with. but not as cool right uh, like the kaiju stuff is less real life looking although uh, they do have characters that look like Power Rangers if you go to the link on the left side of the screen there's what looks like a Japanese dojo, and then a, a globe, and then a comedy drama mask. Yeah. If you click on the comedy drama mask. <laughs> Dude, there's a chi- giant penis on the right-hand side. You can you might think it's that. It's part of Dr. Cube's posse. <laughs> Maybe that's my, my bad thoughts. Uh, I'm sure that there's multiple levels to these things. I can see the box, dude. Wicked. Yeah. Dr. Cube. Oh, that's so cool. So, I don't know. I I have to look into this thing on Sunday. He's got a lot of stuff going on, and I probably am forcing it if I bring him, but there's so few times to go and see it. It looks like Lazy Town crossed with Power Rangers. (laughs) Well, maybe the fighting is kind of Lazy Town style, but there's no pink-haired girl. Well, there might be a pink-haired girl. I shouldn't say that, but it's it's pretty cool. And that that idea of forcing stuff, we were talking a little bit, earlier, just kind of in general about sharing things, whether it's a movie, a TV show, a book, you know, things that you think your kids are going to like, and having the patience to not 
bring it in at the wrong time. Because if they see it yeah. and they're too young and they don't appreciate it, they don't generally come back to it. They get scared off quite easily, don't they? Yeah. I have a huge, huge collection of comic books. And, and my son likes superheroes, and he watches cartoons, and he sees um, some of them. He saw Spider-Man movie and Superman movie and all that stuff, the old ones and the new ones. And to show him comic books now, so many of the comic books in the store are just adult-oriented. They're just too sexy, too gory, too much aiming for the 16-year-old and older. And while they yeah. make a couple of kid-friendly versions, it's just easier for me to take my <laughs> 1986, when the standards were much stricter, I don't think there's any blood in any Superman comics at all that I have, and let him see those. They're a little hokey, but that's fine because he's young. But I have to really pick and choose because if I get one that's you know Superman fighting, uh, stopping the communist spy, <laughs> that has yeah. no relevance to him at all. He needs Superman fighting the evil clone Superman. Otherwise, there's just no interest in it. Yeah, I've seen them in the stores over here, and them high market ones. They attempt to creep up the shelves a little bit so the kids can't reach it. Yeah. You, you, you do get the, the crappy paper ones at the bottom, which are fine because my kids at the moment, they're just going to rip up comics. They, they look at them and then get a big red marker and go, oh, colour that in. Yeah, and it's it's even a wonder too. Like if, if there's something like Transformers. So your son missed the Transformer 1 movie. Uh, Transformers 2 is coming out this year. There might be a Transformers 3. If you think by the time the next movie comes out or by the time this one's out on DVD, you know, he'll be 7, 8, maybe really into it. Yeah. You almost have to wonder, like, well, should you be getting... The local uh, fast food place is going to be having toys with their value meals. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're not going to be available two years from now, but my kids especially get locked into something. Like, this is Godzilla stuff. They love Godzilla. There's no Godzilla stuff anywhere. I have to go online and try to find t-shirts and and stuff and it used to be on TV all the time it used to be they had a couple of movies like in the late 90s that used the old costumes and all yeah but now you know everything's so attempting to be so realistic they just don't want to make movies like that anymore no no it's a shame on on my blog you might have seen there was um, Big Man Japan was a movie yeah. that someone had shown me the trailer for and I thought for sure I, you know that's perfect I'm going to bring my son to see that he'll love it and it's rated R but it, if it is rated R, there's no reason for it to be rated R. Is that the highest rating? Yeah, that, oh, that's restricted, yeah. I mean, right, okay. You can go under 17 with an adult. It means that there's gratuitous sex, blatantly naked women, or just a whole lot of gore. Generally, if it's, you know, someone's head pops off, but it looks like a rubber head came off, and usually they don't make that rated R if it's not too realistic. Yeah. But the rest of the movie just looks so... F- corny it doesn't need to be <laughs> rated r i mean any anything in there they have that makes it rated r is something they could have cut out right see they're supposed to have different standards like with the video games one of the reasons so many of the video games are people versus aliens is because in the u.s if it's red blood it gets a mature rating yeah or if it's blue blood or green blood it doesn't qualify for that really it, yeah so that's one of the reasons why so many of the video games here involve aliens and but there's all different ways they kind of dodge getting uh, the red flags that make it restricted. I didn't know they did that at all. Yeah, here they rate all that stuff. But the video games are not enforced, except for by families. Like, my son has... You know, he's got games that are fighting, and because someone bleeds, it might be rated for older kids. Mm-hmm. But he'll have friends who come over, and they're not allowed to play. Oh, right. Again, it depends on the family. You get a child who's very imitative. Yeah. Now, Marianne Music, that's the thing that she wants to pass on. Her taste in music is a different end of the radio dial <laughs> than mine. 
And so she's looking to share that with the kids a little bit, but they really don't embrace that because unless it's in a, in a movie where they're trying to show you it's the 70s or the 80s, yeah, you don't ever hear the music like that anymore. It's nobody's ringtone or anything like that. No, that's right. Well, no, although I I have Bob Dylan as my ringtone. Oh, there you go. Uh, Subtraining Homesick Blues. So it's probably I'm probably the only person in the world using that as their ringtone. Probably not. I'll probably get loads of emails saying, no, I use it as well. But... <laughs> Yeah, I use that, but I'm going to pass loads of music on to my kids. My my dad actually weaned me into uh, Queen when I was younger. Anything that he ever put on the stereo was Queen. Yeah. So I know most of all uh, most of that stuff, but I've got lots of rare albums and weird albums and yeah. indie albums, and um, I got into uh, Blind Melon. I've mm-hmm. obviously got Nirvana. Um, can't see them at the moment. They're around the corner, but I've, I've got bands like the two, uh, Cooper Temple Claws, Hopes of the State, as well, and lots of stuff that is quite random. The band only lasted like two or three albums and then disappeared, yeah. or they were one-hit wonders. But the rest of the albums are superb. So, like uh, with Blind Melon, you have the song No Rain, don't you? Mm-hmm. And then no one else knows any of the other songs unless you're really into them. I'm really into getting into music that no one else likes and then yeah. showing it around and then once everyone's into it I'm like oh, I don't really like that now you like it and so I get into other stuff like uh, Major Matt Manson don't know if you've heard of him no other stuff uh, the Mountain Goats as well so I'm going to be weaning my kids into this stuff and I've got tons of CDs behind me that are, are going to pass them to him and my my dad's got uh, CDs and LPs that are going to be passed on to me I think it'll help that they're going to be part of this computer generation even if they don't have the actual music in hand they'll be able to, to listen to it without buying a lot of the songs and then a lot of the alternative kind of stuff lesser known things there's so many outlets for that as well yeah my son likes queen he likes sticks they might be giants is one that i had introduced them to but now they do kids music anyway so they've kind of gone off in that yeah each of my kids has a, an mp3 player and it's got a handful of songs that they've heard mom sing and they've like my ringtone is dark blue uh, by Jack's Mannequin, so they've both got that on there and other things. And then there used to be a radio show here called Dr. Demento, and that's where Weird Al Yankovic first got a lot of playtime and a lot of parody songs and things like the Parry Grip stuff we played last week. Mm-hmm. That would all be in there. They're still young. That's the thing. Like they, they still like the silly songs and the chipmunks and stuff like that. Yeah. So, again, there's going to come a time when they want to buy their own music. or they. Yeah, and they're going to be really paid off when you suddenly uh, they'll attract their own music they'll get into that and then as soon as dad or mum get in, gets into that music yeah. it's like oh mum mom and dad are into that music oh crying out loud and they'll go on to something else because they can't be seen with mum or dad liking that same music yeah both my kids play piano lessons so they or as they can play it they like it and you mentioned your son was kind of fooling around with the guitar I'm sure there's songs that he can kind of fake on the guitar that he likes even more because he can play yeah he bounces around to Guns N' Roses yeah. at the moment. He's got the, the Greatest Hits album, and that is just never off. I'd imagine that would be the album that he remembers growing mm-hmm. up to, and that sort of music, the way that I remember growing up to Queen, which is cool, but then you'll have it in your collection, but you never really put yeah. it on. Well, the key is to also have it in the right medium. I have a whole bunch of cassette tapes that I just have no place to play them really anymore, but I have about yeah. four uh, Cure tapes and some Depeche Mode. I got... Uh, David Bowie. I got a lot of old stuff. And then you used to be able to make copies like you can now, but they were on the tape. So all my mixtapes and uh, 
I used to work in a radio station. I would make copies of things to bring home, and they're they're all just sitting there. Yeah. See, up in my loft, I've got lots of uh, newspaper clippings and old newspapers and magazines. I'm I'm into Formula One, mm-hmm. so I've got quite a lot of uh, Formula One magazines dating back to '92. So I've I've got a fair amount of collection. I've also got newspaper clippings, which I'll at the moment he's way too young to appreciate anything like that. So I'll be saving that for years and years. Now, does he root for what you root for? Um, what? Same guys, same same teams of things, or same same drivers, same cars? He yeah, he, he's into it ever so slightly. Uh, obviously, our daughter's called Kimmy, and there's a, a racing driver called Kimmy Raikkonen. So I follow him. We didn't name her after Kimmy Raikkonen, mm-hmm. but we were stuck for a name, and we, we resorted to looking for a name book. And I came across it and went, oh, look, Kimmy, we could name you after Kimmy Raikkonen. And Amanda went, okay, that sounds all right. And it's just stuck ever since. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I follow Kimmy Raikkonen, so I don't care if he's in a McLaren or a Ferrari or anything like that. I don't like Lewis Hamilton. I'm probably the only British guy that doesn't like Lewis Hamilton. I'm not a big fan. I don't know why, just something about him. Now, do you go to a lot of races or do you watch on TV? No, it's just TV. I've never been to a race. I'd dearly love to go uh. to a race, but... They're so expensive. I've been to the Indianapolis 500 once. Oh, cool. When did you go, then? I went... Ooh, this would be... This is early 80s, probably. Right, okay. I have an uncle who lives in Indiana, and I had... We had family friends who lived there that we kind of went out to visit. And it, it was like a weekend trip and all. Yeah. At the time, I probably was 13, 13 or 14. Right, cool. Here, it seems like... The NASCAR is a little more popular than the Indy cars, where, like, a lot of the Grand, Grand Prix when they drive through the city streets, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all that kind of stuff. It seems to always be out where you are, or in Europe in general. Mainstream television only really covers NASCAR here. I, I think with IndyCar, you had uh, IndyCar and uh, Champ Car, didn't you? Obviously, they had a split a number of years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, where you have a split, you, you know, split and divide the audience, and the audiences wane, don't they? So I think that was their biggest uh, downfall. Obviously, they, they've come back together in recent years and trying to build it up. But, yeah, as far as I know, it's NASCAR's the big motor race over there. They do the fantasy sports, like fantasy football, where you, you live vicariously through and basically predict winning, put together winning combinations of, of performers. And they do that for the racers here, too. Yeah. Yeah, I've got lots of uh, clippings of that stuff. I've got... I've actually held on to newspapers, full newspapers, of when Ayrton Senna had his crash. Have you ever heard of him? Basically, in uh, Formula One realms, he's a god. Let's put it like that. He's a three-times world champion, and he, he died at the the lead of a of a race. Oh, it sounds familiar, but... Yeah, well, his crash and death and everything was televised li- uh, live oh. on TV. And it, it was just a huge event. And I, I was uh, 15 at the time, and he died on the, the day before my 16th birthday, which really screwed me up. Wow. Yeah, in a space of around about a month, I lost my two childhood heroes, because I, I was uh, really into Nirvana at the time. And he died around about a, a month before, hmm. which screwed me up. I've got clippings of that as well. Yeah, that makes sense too, because although it was a newsworthy event nationally, it was, just for you personally, it's like a defining defining point in your own life that... It's like a bookmark. Yeah. Well, I think it's good actually keeping the, the newspapers because I can say, look, this affected me. This screwed me up for a little while. Yeah. And But also, if you turn to the back page, this is what was happening on that day in Gloucester yeah. somewhere. Oh, yeah. It's a special kind of snapshot of what went on. Yeah. I've also got... Um, did you keep any of the uh, newspapers from the 
Twin Towers? Um... Honestly, I don't think I did. What I have instead are a variety of postcards and things and all. I don't know right. why I didn't, but I might, I might have some tucked away in various places. We we kept like from when we got married and when the kids were born, and um, yeah. we kept a couple of papers from the presidential inauguration. Just even that, it just felt like we should. Well, yeah, that's why I saved these papers because I I do want to pass that down because they're going to be taught that at school now. Mm-hmm. That's that's part of world history now, and it's a huge part of world history. Yeah. And I want him to have the papers, or her, to have the papers to flick through and, uh, okay, right, this happened, this happened. And there's so many stories through that. It was basically a, a huge record mm-hmm. in one day. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad I've kept it. I've kept other stuff. There's something about having that original article that hasn't been re-edited or re re-opinionated yeah. to reflect a different perspective. It's the perspective of the time. And even just the sense of it got three quarters of the page. It got half the page. It was it was page five. You know, it didn't even mm-hmm. make the front. Those kind of things, I think, are important things to, to pick up on. Well, yeah, you can also see the world around it mm-hmm. happening as well. Prices uh, of things and yeah. Even ads. Even crazy ads and an ad for a... You, I've probably got ad adverts for TVs or computers in there and you think, oh my god, look at the size of that. Yeah. And yeah, you know, it's all totally changed now. Even uh, my dad's got uh, newspapers of Man on the Moon and I've seen them and, you know, he's got them in a nice binder and, you know, one day, hopefully, touch wood, that might get passed down to me. Yeah. Yep, well, again, same kind of thing. My grandfather was a colonel in the army, and he gave me a whole bunch of things that had, like, an artist rendition of what the space shuttle was going to look like, and some press photos of uh, some of the Saturn rockets being launched, yeah, and some Voyager planet photos. And my son just had a project on the solar system about a month ago, and I said to my wife, I have all this stuff. Uh, you know, should I give it to him? Should I give it to him? And, and she said, no, just save it. He'll do it again when he can appreciate it more. Right now, it's kind of a, oh, neat. And then you just hope he doesn't destroy it <laughs> while he's got it in his possession. Yeah. She said, save it. And when he's 13, when he's 14, even when he's 12, there'll be a time when it, it's really special. And if you rush it and giving it to him, you run the risk of, oh, sorry, I spilled jelly on it. Or <laughs> I left it somewhere. I don't know where it is. <laughs> or I didn't put it in the folder the right way and it rips. As cool as it is and as much as I want to share it, I, patience will definitely pay off. Yeah, I, I don't think it's worth jumping the gun because of this. You know, this stuff means stuff to me and I don't want it ruined. Yeah, and as long as you know it's being taken care of in the meantime, it's the time will come. Yeah. Uh, ha- have you got, like, fads that the kids go through? Because I've got some of my old fads. My kid's into collecting football cards at the moment, or he was last season and we've sort of restricted it this season because it's a big con, but... I know lots of kids from where I were, uh, they collected uh, football stickers and stuff like that. I haven't got any of them, but I've got like yo-yos. Yo-yos go, come in and go out of fashion. I've got all the, well, I've got a Sprite one and a Fanta one where all the professional ones came out. Mm-hmm. Um, my my boy is getting into skateboarding. I used to be into skateboarding as well. And I, I've i got up upstairs in one of my drawers. Do you remember the, the tiny game and watch Mario games. Yes. Yeah, I've got four of them huh. sitting upstairs, so I'm going to be passing them on. See, those kind of things are so cool. And I, like, I remember having the the football game. I had a Battlestar Galactica game where it was just a little red LED light, and you would there was no detail. It was just a little dot that you would move around. Yeah. Now you can like they have those in cereal boxes because I know it's oh it's such a shame. And it, I mean, it's not exactly the same, but I mean like the Nintendo game you're talking about where it was just kind of the LED crystals would get darker or lighter whether 
he has a Spider-Man version of that and all those things. And it cheapens it a little bit. You can go to um, uh, uh, Toys R Us now, mm-hmm. and you could probably pick up a, a load of Sega games all built into one hand controller. Exactly. And stick them on the TV. You've got Sonic and Hedgehog straight away, but it's not the same as actually putting the cartridge in the Mega Drive and playing it. I've got all my uh, PlayStations up in the loft, and I've got a couple of games to go with that, because I'm not going to throw them away, because right. I like them. We have old video game, old Nintendo games, and as they're younger, it's actually better to have the old stuff, because it's not as realistic, It's the controllers are simpler. But if you ask my son about Donkey Kong, he doesn't know Donkey Kong, or, or Mario, that Mario was like a fringe character. He thinks yeah. Mario was like the star of Nintendo. I was like, well... Actually, he was this little guy. He jumped over barrels. That's all. And he up and down with yeah. his hands and a hammer, and that was pretty much it. But yeah, um, and he refed the tennis as well. He was the umpire at the tennis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's there's actually a website uh, I was looking at yesterday. I'll have to put a link in for it of the different careers of Mario, and it just shows all the <laughs> different things he's been in video games. But the guy you were talking about, the Game and Watch guy, he's a character in Super Mario Brothers Brawl game that he just got. And in my son's head, he's just another character. He doesn't know the whole history of of the game he's from and, and how pioneering it was. Yeah. But you were talking about skateboarding before. Um, it's, it's so cool that our kids kind of follow the different things that we did and all, too. But last summer I had started playing uh, street hockey. and A friend had kind of invited me to play. I'd never played before. And for me, it was actually it's the first time I was ever the... Worst guy on the team. I'm pretty athletic, and I usually can hold my own. And yeah. It's just so much skill involved, and everybody else had played in leagues and stuff, and I, I was just this guy trying to get by on general fitness, and I'm not that fit. I'm <laughs> over 30, and <laughs> I'm not like some 18-year-old kind of running wild. But um, So I had played street hockey, and then my son was like, oh, again, kind of thinking just how great it is to be like dad he he played street hockey this past year yeah so and tonight they're having what's not really tryouts but it's you have to go make an appearance so that they know you want to play and then they'll draft you and put you on a team so i actually am going to have to be heading out to that in a little bit so i think we're going to have to wrap up episode nine kind of at this point but i think this is a topic definitely worth revisiting and i'm sure our listeners have lots of things to contribute so please guys do send us your own anecdotes your own stories we'll read your emails or we're working on getting set up to maybe do some conference calling maybe we can get into this again no that sounds good man brilliant and i think uh we've had a couple episodes in a row here where we've been varying the format but we built a fan base with some sharing of some cool places to go and some funny bits of news so i think we'll get back to that soon too we just uh trying to keep it fresh you know yeah, chop it around a little bit. That's what the kids are into these days. Yes, we're down with the kids. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we were having a moral for every episode, and you stuck me with that rotten one from last time. <laughs> Don't go back in time when you're too old, blah, blah, blah. That was so long I had to make an acronym out of it. That was wicked. <laughs> uh, do you have any thoughts for this episode? Because um, you did say don't touch the blue when you're talking about the little igniter on the gas stove. Did I? But we don't have to go with things that were... Don't stupid. touch the blue. <laughs> don't touch the blue. See, people might think that's a watchman uh, phrase. No, that could be, yeah. <laughs> or a smurf reference. Smurf reference. <laughs> I'm not sure. We, we can either go with don't touch the blue... Or don't throw your Star Wars toys away. I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to get pinned into something stupid. (laughs) (laughs) As I write, don't pin something stupid. No, don't throw your Star Wars toys away. That's cool for me. There you go. 
we'll get this out quickly, and hopefully we'll get a lot of feedback and guys and ladies contributing to it. But it was it was good talking to you this past uh, hour here. Oh, thank you very much. Looking forward to the next episode. And the music we played in today was Pac-Man Fever. And I guess on the way out, should we play uh, Frogger's Lament or do the Donkey Kong? Uh, the Donkey Kong. It's got to be Donkey Kong. That's still on topic, so... Yeah, which is also from that great Pac-Man Fever album from 1981 or 83. But I remember inside the record when you took it out, it had the pattern for the Pac-Man game. All right, cool. What, on the sleeve? But let's see, so if I'm like eight or nine years older than you, you might have... Did you play Pac-Man in the arcade, or was that... No, it was more... Old by the time you got there. More the video games that we played Pac-Man. Okay. When it was in the arcade machines... It had a pattern, because the, the monsters all moved in the same motion unless they reacted to you. So uh, mapped out inside this record sleeve was where to go so that you could finish every single level. And you were always out of sight of the monsters, or when they saw you and started chasing, you were in time to finish up the screen. It was a cheat sheet for Pac-Man. Exactly. It was a precursor to cheat codes. So people would buy it just for that. <laughs> all right. Well, that would be the end of episode nine. Once again, we thank you guys for all your feedback. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. If you're listening to us on iTunes, make sure you visit our website, which is http bombastpodcast.podbean.com. There's no www in there. And, of course, our blogs and our friends are all listed on that site yeah. as well. Some show notes. And that's it. Cool. Let's go. All right. We'll see you guys in another week. Thanks a lot. Tally-ho. Woohoo. the ladder